Alright. So, would you just ask how much does it cost to be a master distiller? I don't think it's a matter of cost. I mean, I guess you have to go to school. But, uh, what I think... An apprentice. It's probably an apprenticeship type of thing. Here I am mixing rum and whiskey. Hmm. I think it more tastes just sweet, that one. Yeah. But you have to get my man cave. Except for a humidor downstairs. Yeah. If I ever get my man cave. Well, they, uh, one guy I saw online, he has a cigar room in his house. He has a, um, air purifier in there that sucks up all the smoke and spits it out, and he says it works pretty well. And it's climate controlled, so. Yeah. Hmm. He has it in the upstairs, oh. um, <clears throat> and probably that's better because the air is going to rise, the smoke, so at least if it goes up, it goes out of the house. That's true. You might need a touch-up on yours. He's a lot of good things. Like Americans always, when all else fails, Americans always find a way to do the right thing. I thought it was uh, the last possible moment or something like that. Yeah. Of course, he was a little self-interested. He said that the right thing in his in his mind was doing what he wanted to do. And then. I'm ready to meet my maker, but I'm not sure if my maker's ready to meet me. Well, there you go. The British always had a wit. <clears throat> the lady at the ABC store today had a British accent. Oh. First time I ever saw a Brit working at the liquor store. You think they'd be working at a pub? No, we don't have those in Virginia. We have pubs. Not English pubs. Well, you gotta serve uh, food if you want to serve alcohol in Virginia. K.O. from the Prohibition era, I suppose. Something. Listen to two interesting podcasts. Yeah. 
One was uh, about the trucking industry. How it's heavily regulated. The other was very profitable. Then the 80s it became unregulated. Hey, you know who did that? Jimmy Carter. Yep. Who was a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Interestingly. And, um... Did that in the railroads. In the airplanes. Mm. Yep. And how it's interesting that back when they had regulation, they had several carriers. But now they're just down to five. Well, they just replaced one form of regulation with another, so it's not like they got rid of it completely. And the prices have gone way down relative to what they were. Well, it used to be very profitable back then because, you know, they was heavily regulated so they could set prices. Yeah. But when it was unregulated, um, it became very razor thin margin, profit margins. Yep. So they came up with another way to try to make it profitable, and that is, like, there's a company called Amazon, uh, Amazon Diamonds or something like that, which what they do is they'll train you on how to drive a truck. A truck. Mm. But then at the end of the training, they'll, they'll make an offer. You can either drive with the company and make 37 cents a mile or become an operator leasing and make 72% of, of the load, which sounds great. Mm -hmm. However, what they don't tell you, well, it, it's kind of not really plain in plain view, but you got to use, you got to buy the, their truck, yeah, and you got to buy their gas. And um, it's not profitable for a lot of people who are driving the truck because the company scoops up a lot of the money to pay for the <laughs> truck and everything else. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I know a lot of people are concerned about the uh, automatic uh, driving. The in the driverless cars taking over the trucking industry? Well, oh yeah, I don't know, I know it's coming, but how safe is it going to be? Can't be any worse than what's now. I guess the problem is, is that you have a lot of people who are only living through taxis and um, trucking. So what do you do with those people who are not going to be doing that stuff. Ideally, they'll be doing something else. Right, but do you subsidize their training so they can do something else? Or you just say, ah, sorry about that. Well, the, the risk for subsidizing the training is what if you subsidize the wrong kind of, kind of training and now you've got a whole bunch of people who are trained in the wrong thing. But the same token, these people who are now cast aside probably don't have the money to pay for the training yeah I mean maybe they would have to you know do an internship or apprenticeship maybe yeah maybe 
which is what they did in the old days, which seemed to work. They're much more regulated now than they used to be. The problem with internships is that a lot of them tend to be abused. They're not really, the whole idea of internship is to give them experience and the actual work in that environment. Mm -hmm. They end up doing like menial things like go fetch my dry cleaning or go fetch my pet or go go get my kids from daycare. Hmm. Be right back. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, I would say the good internships go to people with money because those are the people who can afford to work without pay. And they have the connection. Yeah, but I think a, a business that's might just take a couple of yeah. Is it? Yeah, they tend to, and their families tend to have connections too. Yeah. But if a, if a business wanted to have somebody work for free, it would benefit them more if they could do it. I mean, what happened when when the automobile replaced, you know, the the horse and buggy and all that, all that stuff? Well, we had we had the ability to replace those jobs, <laughs> but if you think about it. buggy replaced by the automobile and it had it had the ability to be replaced by them. I mean people I think they had It was just a natural shift to the automobile. Yeah, but those people who worked in other industries were replaced. But it was a gradual, too. It's still gradual now. It's not like tomorrow there's going to be uh, automatic driving and uh, driverless cars and all that stuff. We've still got time. <clears throat> Better to prepare for it now. The problem is we've built a society revolving kind of around debt and, you know, con 
constant consumption. There's nothing wrong with consumption, but you know, when you don't have any any kind of savings built up. what's happened with the pandemic right now. People don't have places to spend the money, so they're saving it or they're putting it to the stock market. Hmm. Which is creating a bubble. Potentially. Potentially it's also providing those companies with seed money to do something else. But we as Americans aren't that long-term. We don't know the long-term thinking. I mean, you don't need to be a long-term thinker other than thinking for your own long-term. Well, America has a history of short-term thinking. Maybe. At least some people. Politicians more than anybody else because they're only thinking to the next election. Something's going to go belly up in 40 years. Who cares? <clears throat> so what do you think about that? It's um, different. It's got a nice draw to it. You don't have to work to puff at it. It's got a sweet flavor. I think I let that one dry out a little bit. The reviews online say that they're a little moist, which can make the draw tough. Um, you know, you don't want the cigar to be too dry, but you don't want it to be too too moist. And these, I did notice some of them were a little bit on the moist side. So when I got it, I opened up the package, left it out. Um, don't get mad. <laughs> so these cigars are actually very cheap. Um, and I wanted to test them out, see what your review was. You know, I smoked one yesterday when I was cleaning out the garage a little bit. You know, just a nice little thing. I got 20 of them for 40 bucks. That's what? Shipping and clothes, like $37. Two bucks a piece? Yeah. Well, it's not oh, like the lunch. Yeah. Well, like the bunch you get at the grocery store for $1.99 <laughs> for five. Well, and I thought to myself that I've smoked worse that have cost, you know, more money than that in my life. A lot of times, when you pay for a name or what you think is quality, you can get something just as good a little cheaper. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I just saw a review of these online and um, figured I would try it. What, you know, Two bucks a pop, I mean, it's good to have on hand. They're like a nice intro mm -hmm. if somebody's never smoked before. Um, it's not going to overwhelm them. No, it's like I said, it's a nice... Yeah, it's like a nice little thing. And I thought it was, you know, smooth enough. It's not a, it's not a premium cigar. I mean, I'm smoking this. This this one is uh, tabac. It's a uh, coffee infused, mm -hmm. and I can tell the difference in quality. But it's not it's not overwhelming. <coughs> the difference. We should invest in helium infused cigars. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's a recipe for disaster. 
That helium beer is a nice party icebreaker. Get the, get the party rolling. Yeah. But this is a nice cigar. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. I think I do. Um, they do need to be dried out before you before smoking them. So I had that one. That one I sat. I had sat sitting out in the garage at room temperature outside of the humidor, everything. And the uh, the grill going to catch on fire or something? No, that's why I have it up like that. I can turn it down a little bit. So, by the way, yeah, in case the um, fire extinguisher from the inside door. Okay. <laughs> Ours is, uh, we have a sticker that we put on the wall that has it says extinguisher uh, with an arrow, so we know where it is. You know, I have a Costco the other day. I should have bought one. They had two for 40 bucks, I think. Yeah. Well, to finish my thought about the cigar, um, so I had it sitting out at room temperature in the garage yesterday, and then I put it in the humidor um, before I brought it over, overnight and everything. It's where I keep all the cigars, but I had to, I have the package. It comes in a, a resealable package, so I have that just sitting out. It's, they're not in the humidor or anything, so I'm just seeing if that's going to help dry them out. I said this has got a nice flavor to it. It's, it's sweet, mm -hmm. not overwhelming. And the jaw is good on it, so you don't, you're not like working the puff. Yeah. And, you know. I had it with coffee yesterday. Um, and it was fine. You know. But we're having it with, with uh, Jameson whiskey today, it's even better. So. And this, this is kind of like a nice smooth. Yeah, it's, this one's the black barrel that's. Um, they finish it, or I guess they age it, or finish it in bourbon charred barrels. Um, not with bourbon barrels, but charred in the same way. I guess it's different than their normal line. I don't know how they char barrel bourbon. I guess. Well, they have a, a certain char that they do. Um, you know, do a quick burn on the barrels before putting the the whiskey inside of them. So, they had this one, they had, I, I, I thought about maybe getting the, the one that was cold brew uh, flavored. Yeah. Oh boy. Because they had a sale on the special Jameson's. They had a sale on all the special Jamesons. So this one was on sale. To, they have uh, something called cask mates where they have them um, finished in stout barrels and they have another one where it's cold, cold brew coffee infused or something like that. Oh, that means I thought about getting that one. Probably should have gone with that one. 
might be a first uh, first time for any podcast to have a fire on uh, on recording. So what causes the? Because um, I don't have a I don't have a gas grill. I never really understood. I think, uh, why don't you use the the scissor one? So which one? The prongs. The it looks like scissors. I don't know. I, I got. I like to play with fire. When I would approve. Yeah. So what? What's causing it? I think it's because. I don't think it's doing what it's supposed to be. I haven't turned down. I mean, somebody listening could glean some knowledge off of this. Don't do what Dad does. I don't know. I'm thinking about maybe getting another drill next year if I can do it. Because it's always, they've always been hot. I don't think the flexes are going to push before. Well, this, is this the second or third one you've had? Second one. Did the first one have the same problem? Um, no, I don't think it did. I clean this up. I clean every about every two weeks. I clean the bottom out, right? So the grease doesn't build up in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you clean this out more often than I clean the stove at the house, and I bake it every day. And, you know, fry burgers usually every day on the stove top. I would think that there's more more grease. Oil building up. You should paint a picture for people. Uh, what happens if you just try to cook them on the top rack? They just never cook or what? Uh, they don't really get the heat. And. I like sometimes I like to throw the wood chips in there, yeah. but there really isn't any place to put the wood chips in yeah. a holder for the wood chips. Yeah. I was looking up the ones at Lowe's the other day and they got where you can put wood chips. So it actually it just stays in there. Yeah. I feel like I should be, uh, instead of recording this, I should be live streaming it in case we catch on fire and <laughs> go viral. Speaking of viral, I don't know if you saw this um, police officer in Tennessee. Hmm. This kid was videotaping um, a stop. And this cop came over from the guardhouse. I don't know where the guardhouse was. Walked over and said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm, I'm 
recording this police talk. He said, so you can't do that. He says, I'm on public sidewalk. I can do I can do this. You know, the cop says, no, you can't. Right? And the kid's like, I'm on sidewalk. Yeah. So, granted, the kid probably shouldn't have dropped the F-bomb. I mean, granted. But, there's no, but it's his right to drop the F-bomb. Mm -hmm. So apparently the cop walked over to him, not wearing a mask, walked over to the kid, and he literally got in his face and ripped his mask off and threw it away. And the kid's like, you ripped my mask off. No, I didn't. I have it on tape. No, you don't. I have it on tape. You ripped my mask off. You need to say the cop fired. That, but I was like, one of the rare occasions when the cop can be fired, huh? Granted, some of these kids get smart ass. I understand that, but you're a position of authority, you gotta let it roll off your back. Yeah. Well, I mean, lots of people do. How many people work in customer service? <laughs> yeah, and they get you imagine paid. those guys were armed? And they get paid far less? Yeah. And they get assaulted. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, I get it that he... You mean Garner? Yeah. I get that he broke the law by selling cigarettes. Yeah. Right? One of the most, of the most trivial laws to break. Right. And I get it. And I get that he tore up the ticket. But the cops just said, fine, we'll see you in court. The guy, because you have all his information right there, the guy didn't show up in court. That's a bench warrant. That's another story. Yep. guys on thinking well I think a lot of it is this is unpopular to say but I, I wonder how many of them are veterans who have PTSD or some other psychological issue stemming from their deployment yeah I think there's a lot of that too but how many people go into law enforcement who are Former military. And military is a different background altogether because you don't mess around. I mean, you don't mess around with the military. It's, it's very, you either do it or you. And I think there's a certain personality type that's attracted to that. I just don't. Or the cop that just that, that got charged with. It's Always the southern cops. Wasn't Eric Garner in New York? New York City, yeah. Yeah, so I was in a southern cop. Well, okay. But it's like these cops that are in like red states that you hear most about. Another story about a cop that um, in Tennessee who, I guess a guy had a bro broken taillight, 
-huh. And there was supposedly a high-speed chase. So the cop pushed him off into a ditch. And then somehow the driver of the car that had a broken headlight got shot in the face. That's pretty personal. I would think so. I'm waiting for him to say, I feared for my life. Yeah, well. And I told him, no, Mark, I told Marcus, you know what I'm, I said, I, I'm kind of worried myself because I'm a guy that has a hearing disability. What to say that I didn't hear everything the guy said, and he gets Yeah, mad. I mean, how many times do they pull somebody over who's having a stroke and they think he's a... He's drunk. He's drunk, and they throw him in the drunk tank, and the guy's stroking out in the fucking yeah. jail cell. Yeah. Well, they had a story where a guy who was deaf, but he had a permit to drive, got pulled over. He, and then he, the, the cops had stuff, so the guy was reaching up the, his visor to pull down his, I'm deaf, please, you know. Right. Guy shot him. I yeah. thought he was reaching for a gun. Really, in the visor? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I mean, that's the when people can't trust police, then you got a problem. Well, can't they, uh, don't they, aren't they able to pull that stuff up if they listen? But they don't! If they pull it up the license plate, they can see if the guy's, uh... They don't! Then they hide behind, I fear for my life. Mm-hmm. Be right back. And then the good cops are complicit because they don't say anything. So Robert Egg said, "There's no, there's no good cops because they're either uh, covering for the other guys or they're actually actively participating." Is that job tougher? But people are like, who do I trust? At least for the bad guys, you know where you stand. Like you said. Well, like the the, the guy who filmed the Eric Garner thing, um, he ended up going to jail. And um, they tried to poison his food. And he, he wasn't eating anything that they gave him. He was only eating stuff his girlfriend brought him. And he had this stuff tested, and they found rat poison in it. But... The, the courts did nothing. I mean... Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, the I mean, I, I mean, just putting it out, like, I've, I've been alive 32 years, and I've never had to call the cops for anything. Well, you can... Cops are like in-laws. They're great to have around when you need them. Other than that, stay away. Well, and but you know, when do you ever need them? I mean, can you name a time that you can think of when you needed to? I, I mean, because I can't. I mean, I'm not saying everybody's like that, but I mean, you know, if yeah. if there was a prowler, like, you know, somebody asked me once, like, what would you do if you saw? somebody breaking into your neighbor's house, would you call the police? I'm like, what are the police going to do? 
unless the, unless the Hope Diamond's in there, like, what, what are they going to do? Like, by the time they get there, people are going to be long gone. Yeah. And anything that they took is going to never be recovered. I mean, the odds of recovering your stolen stereo or your big screen TV is nothing. Well, the biggest problem with... So, I mean, unless, unless like I said, unless it's the Hope Diamond in their house and the FBI gets involved for some reason, there's nothing. The only problem with this is that it goes out fast. It relights pretty quickly, though. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's because it's if you if you crinkle it around like softly, it does feel a little soft, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's because, <clears throat> I think I read, supposedly, they they make those with, so I, I think the company that makes these makes premium cigars, and the cuts of leaf that don't make it into the premium ones, they use to make these. So it's not like it's <clears throat> a completely bad cigar, it's just like, you know, like if you were... If you were a, uh, a luxury wine brand and, you know, you use the, the vines or the grapes that you normally wouldn't make your, you know, $300 bottle of wine with and you instead make a $50 bottle of wine. Something like that. I think that's what it was that I remember reading. I remember back in the 70s it came out of the movie called Fun with Dick and Jane. With, the one uh, they remade? Uh, yeah. What, and uh, had Jane Fonda and George Seagal. And they had a party with all these detectives come in and they took what got whiskey and they put them in name brand bottles. <laughs> because after the first sip it all tastes the same. And no one would know. That's what some people do. They put... Um, they put whiskey in a decanter, and they what they put in the decanter is like bottom shelf, and you know for the first first round or first two rounds they'll they'll pour the premium stuff and then they'll switch to the decanter which is the you know bottom shelf like you said it's uh no one knows yeah was it the the old joke where a guy orders a, a ten shots. And he throws the first one and the last one out. And the bartender says, what the heck are you doing? And he says, well, the first one always tastes terrible, and the last one makes me sick. Job. Well, I was able to put money in a 401k. Uh -huh. so which uh, which job is this? Not is it one you're currently working or no? No. Okay. Previous. Uh huh. I got a letter from the company that manages the other account, and they were saying that since it was below the threshold, which is a thousand dollars, 
they're going to disperse it. Mm -hmm. I have 60 days to come up with a way to disperse it. Uh huh. dollars I mean, <clears throat> because you're over 59 and a half, you don't have a penalty. But you, just, you just got to declare it as income. So, you know, so if you wanted to, you could take the 300 bucks and put it in an IRA if you wanted to do that, do it that way. Um, because you do get, um, you, you can roll that over. But if you wanted to just take the cash, you could do that and just declare it on your taxes. So for that minimal amount, maybe I should just cash it out? Cash it out. I mean, one thing you might want to do, and, and what I'm doing, is um, we opened a, uh, a joint ally um, investment account and managed fund because they don't have any minimums. So like, when I was at, uh, at the bank, their minimum if you wanted to open a managed account with a financial advisor it was like 50 grand Nor normally it would be a hundred but they kind of made it 50 for for you to no no for because he was a new financial advisor he wanted to build up a book of business yeah. um but allied there's no minimum so you can put it in a managed fund that's you know a mix whatever mix we're in a more aggressive portfolio because we have plenty of time and you know it's pegged to the to the S&P 500 you might we just want to do that and just pretend it doesn't exist put it in there and just let it ride so this is just a minimal amount and it's just I mean it's 300 bucks I'm out with putting a risky yeah because it's like 300 bucks, it's nothing like I'm gonna miss if it goes south. Right, if it goes down, if, if it goes down 20%, that's, you know, what, 60, 60 bucks? bucks? Yeah. You know, it's like for me, like my Robin Hood is my play around stock fund. And I just put 20, you know, 20 bucks, 15 bucks here and there and just, you know, play around and see so do I need to, I need to close the account first, and then they can roll the check over? Yeah, you could do it that way. Do I need to have like a dollar to set it up with? No. We have, uh, I accidentally, because the way they did it, it accidentally opened up two of them. So we have one that has nothing in it, and one that has our actual funds in there. So I can go into the, set the account, with zero dollars, yeah, and then just have them send the check directly to them. Mm. Have them send it to you. Put it in there. Okay. Now your mom said, so I said, how about if I just put it in my four hundred one k at work? And she you said, could do that too, but but what she, she said, said? No, she said no because what if it goes south? You lose that. And the board. I mean, yes, but you only lose the money if you cash out. You know what I mean? Like if the stock market loses 20%, but then a year from now goes up 25%, you didn't lose anything. And in fact, you gain. 
because you're going, you're counting on it, so you're, you're buying low and you're selling high. Yeah, be over the long term. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you buy something, when you buy the S&P, like, over the last hundred years, I think it's gone up roughly 7% year over year. Obviously, not every year it's going up 7%, but when you average out the, the ups and downs, it's 7%. Including the Great Depression, uh, stagflation in the '70s, oil crisis, the Great Recession, yeah, you know, the recession, the stock market crash, the S and uh, the, the savings and loan crisis. So I thought, I wonder if I should just go ahead and set up an Allied account. You should, and just talk it in. There. Yeah. You know, unless you have a need for three hundred bucks right away for some reason. I mean, I'm who doesn't? Who doesn't? But yeah. I kind of like to pocket someplace where you know, I'm not sure sure about the four hundred one k though. Maybe the. Well, do they have you automatically enrolled in a conservative fund, or can you choose what fund you want to be in? I think we, I choose the um, aggressive. Yeah. Because it's like nothing. Yeah. You know, if you if you were somebody with, you know, a million bucks or three quarters of a million dollars that you've built up over a course of a career, lifetime, yeah. then yeah, it might make sense to put this in a more conservative as you get closer to retirement. And that way, you know, if you've got a, uh, let's say you've got a million dollars and 10% of it exposed to market risk and the market goes down 20%, you're not losing $200,000, you're losing $20,000. Well, I think it takes a hook to your mom's satisfaction. Well, yeah. I think they were marbled well. Yeah. Like they're good yeah, I saw them at Whole Foods and if um we're still on next weekend. I'm off Saturday. I was gonna make Saturday a chill day. Hmm. Maybe even have ribs. Maybe you and Manar and your aunt come out from over. So. Yeah, maybe. We can watch uh, home movies. <laughs> See <laughs> so how I was. Embarrassed? I'm always embarrassed. Why do why do chicks love seeing home movies of their husbands? Get to see us as we were before we uh, matured. Matured, yeah. This actually lasted longer than the other cigars I've had. Yeah, I did notice that. It was, um, I think, it was like two hours yesterday when I was in the garage. It's nice that it didn't uh, end up raining today. I think, I think earlier this week it said it was like an 80% chance of rain, and then today it went down to like 15% chance. It did rain this morning, though. Mm-hmm. I was kind of worried about it. What we're going to do this afternoon? Well, we could always make 
chicken or something. Or you could give Dad an umbrella and have him cook outside with the umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So I heard uh, <clears throat> Trump apparently said something about pardoning uh, Snowden. He would take a look at it. Do we think he would do it? Of course he'd do it. Good. It's a I good mean, thing. He exposed all the crap that we were doing. I have no problem with Trump pardoning Snowden. Uh -huh. But I do have a problem with Trump pardoning his opponent. Yeah. That I have a problem with. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I mean, I said before, I think, you know, he, he obviously is, he, he's taking the mask off of the government. And if anything, people should realize that maybe this is why we shouldn't invest so much power into the executive, because you could have somebody like Trump, and to be honest, somebody worse. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. He's telling, he's telling the president stuff for the next person. Yeah, but he's also just working on the precedents already set. And I have a problem with this Department of Homeland Security going to Portland and putting people on unmarked bands. Yeah. And that, that's the Argentina in the 70s. Well, I mean, that's isn't that what Justin Raimondo said? The Empire always comes home? It's exactly what we were doing with... Uh, Extraordinary rendition, yeah. taking people to CIA black sites in places that were not under Geneva Convention, and that's wrong too. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying the, he said the empire always comes home. It's not like it's we're just going to be doing this to foreigners forever. We're going to eventually do this to their your own citizens. Well, that was a worry back when Bush was doing it, mm -hmm. because he because technically he could declare the opposition treason treasonous and throw them in. Which is what Obama did with Al-Laki. Said, hey, this guy is a is a traitor, he's a whatever. I'm just going to drone bomb him. And he did. And, you know, there was a, a fiction book that came out that was based on real-life war games. I don't know if you saw it. It was called Ghost. Uh, Ghost Protocol, something like that. The problem is, when you have drones, um, and you attack, and you have drone warfare, Yeah. you can't trace it back to anybody, a specific government, because now everybody has drones, and you can't... Well, that and, and the fact that, like, you know, if you're a soldier and you're going into some place, and you're shooting at someone and they're shooting back, of course you're going to shoot them. But if somebody's asleep in their house and you send a drone bomb to them, who's to say that they are who you said they are, and they are doing what you said they were doing. I mean, the, the evidence that they ever presented against Alaki is kind of scant. You know, I mean, they said he was inspiring some attacks, but I mean, what does that mean to inspire? Yeah. You know, like, somebody could be inspired by Winston Churchill. Somebody could be inspired by, you know. Then they go after his son too, and they killed him. Killed the son and the daughter. The daughter was uh, eight years old. daughter was under Trump, though. And people always, all the Trump people always bristle when I say he ordered her murder because, you know, that's what it was.
And that's why people like get get upset with um, the the Canadian guy. I can't remember what his name was. They released him a couple years ago, and they said, "Oh, he was a war criminal because he was you know shooting at American soldiers." I'm like, "How does that make you a war criminal? They were shooting you, and you were shooting back. It's not a war criminal. It's just a war." Well, war criminals, you go into a, a, a civilian population and you slaughter people wholesale. That's a war criminal. You don't, like, just because you think you're on the right side doesn't mean your enemies are war criminals. Just go to show you that one man's freedom fighters, another man's terrorist. Oh, yeah. The American Revolution. The, the revolutionaries who branded as terrorists, but yet we brand them as patriots. Well, how many people have watched uh, the movie The Patriot without any shred of irony. What do you mean? Because the, the British general in there, he goes in and he kills civilians. Oh, the, 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 similar to Tarleton? Yeah. For, for, I think his name was uh, Colonel Tavington, I think it was. And, um, you know, as a result, the the colonists organize their own little militia. Well, what do you think is happening in other countries when we do this? Same thing. I mean, I think, I can't remember who it was. I think it was David, David Kilcullen, who wrote a, a book called the, I think it was called the, the Accidental, the Accidental Insurgent, I think is what it was called, where it was like people in Afghanistan, um, like the, the men in these villages, they couldn't um, stay home. And it would be a shame on them, on their family, if they stayed home and they can't fight alongside of the, the occupiers. So, of course, you have to join whatever resistance is there. And, of course, it's just the Taliban, most likely, or, you know, similar groups. The Mujahideen. Yeah. The, um, the irony of it is that the Revolutionary War was America's first civil war. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. It took me 50 years to realize, huh, yeah. But well, that's what people don't don't get about all this uh, kneeling for the anthem and stuff like that. And, oh, it's disrespectful to the... It's bringing, it's bringing uh, politics into the sport. It's like the, the politics is the flag. Like the flag is a political symbol. It has been since 1770-something when... You know, it was a divide between people who were um, pro the crown and people who were anti the crown. But the thing is, I look at those people, the, the athletes, when they're standing for the American the, for the anthem, and I'm like, I'm looking at them, they're not thinking about the flag and politics, and they're thinking about the big game. What am I going to do? This play, this play, this play. Come on. Well, we're coming up on the end. Any any thoughts? Any uh, parting uh, words of wisdom? Yeah. Make sure you exercise your right to vote. Well. I, I don't see the point in it, but... It, we, we make it a point that it's a hallmark of our democracy, that it makes us different than anybody else. It's a city on the hill, 
yet we're taking steps now to disenfranchise and make voting harder for anybody because it's totally expedient. It's the way to control the vote. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. If you, if you don't feel passionate about any, any of the candidates, I don't know that there's any point to it. Well, we have, I, I, I look at like Iraq, where when they had, first time these people had the right to vote, and they held up their, their fingers dipped in blue ink to show they voted, people were getting killed over it because we said it's, our, it's, it's democracy, it's, it's what makes people, it makes us strong. I think of this movement right now to <laughs> voting because of the postal service, it just really fiddles my blood. Yeah, but I mean, what if you don't want, what if you don't want a leader? What if you don't want to be led? You just feel like, eh, I'm good on my own, I don't need, I don't need to have Trump be my leader, I don't need to have Biden be my leader. I don't need to have Joe Jorgensen or whoever the Green Party person is. I don't need these people to be my leader, I don't need a leader. But that's fine, that's your choice. Right. But those people who are going to make the choice, they should not be restricted to make the choice. They should not be buttonholed. Yeah, but should their choice be inflicted on everybody? If you want Biden to be your leader, you should have the right to have Biden be your leader, but why should you be allowed to have Biden be my leader? Well, that the hallmark of our democracy is that you, know, you have the right to choose. I suppose. And then whatever you choose, you have to abide by the decisions of whether it's right or wrong. And then four years later, you can change... What if the majority votes to have your uh, organs harvested for uh, to appease the gods? Well, then that it sucks to be you. Sucks to be you. <laughs> All right. Well, on that, I guess we'll uh, conclude this uh, broadcast day.